Hello and welcome to this week's Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Tash. I'm Emma. And I'm Becky. Hello. How are you? Good, thanks. We're all just waiting for each other to talk. (laughs) How are you? We are fine. (laughs) Sounded just like so generic. Yeah, and so natural. So, how are you? I am fine. (laughs) Anyway, how the fuck are you, lovely ladies? You good? Yeah, all good in the hood, thanks. How about you? I'm fine. I'm glad that I can swear again. Fuck, 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 fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> we just recorded for a collaboration we're doing with a, another podcast that you guys will all have to listen to because it will be amazing and the trailer will be in this episode so there's no excuse to not listen to it but we're not allowed to swear so you know i really hope i didn't accidentally swear no you didn't i don't think anybody swore we're so good we're so good shit fuck wank today's <sighs> Pile of wank. Right. <laughs> Twunt waffle. <laughs> that isn't really a swear. It sounds like one. Right, guys, you have to forgive me because I'm not very well, just generally not very well. So the songs got very confusing because I got people on Facebook talking to me, people on TikTok talking to me, people on YouTube. I just got really confused. So I fucked up monumentally. So. Let's go back to American Pie. Bye, bye, Mr. American Pie. The That's the one. The levee, but the levee, the levee was, was so goddamn dry. So, Joey, so a different Joey, not Joey from Please Don't Follow Me Home, different Joey. So, Joey and Nicole also got the answer right, and I left them out. So, I'm really sorry. You guys got it right. Well done. And also, my Evanescence song, Stacy and Joey both got it right. Again, Joey, not from Please Don't Follow Me Home, a different Joey, also got that one right, and I left them out. Big up to you guys, too. I think I'm good now. I think I'm good. Please, nobody else, tell me I've left them out. <laughs> I can't cope. My brain can't cope. If we have, we are sorry, and thank you, and welcome, and well, well done. We want you to play... And I'm really sorry. I just feel awful when I leave people out. So I'll always fix it. But I think I'm good now. I'd also like to say perhaps that's a sign that we are getting more and more popular because there's so many people replying. Popular. That's a very good way to think about it. Eventually, there'll be so many people we won't be able to call everyone's name out. Yeah. Because that would be the whole episode. Everyone should write in now while we're still kind of small. And then you can like have braggers rights when you're, when we're all like a big hit podcast and you'd be like, yeah, well, I knew them in that early stuff. So yeah, I'm better than everyone else. Yes. You could totally brag about that i mean these guys are the ogs right i mean i feel like they're like our little family i was thinking about this the other day they are like our little family and you know they should have some kind of name like are they they're serial chillers they are serial serial chillers chillers. the vip of the spine chillers and serial killers world i love that or they're spine killers no the first one serial chillers i really like that better Spine killers, uh... Sounds painful and not nice. Well, either that or a good one-night stand. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a spine killer right now. Oh. So I think the, the Joeys 
and the Garys and the Nicole and Stacy and Ruth and everybody, well, from everywhere, they're serial chillers. <sighs> so full of love today, aren't you, Emma? I just love everybody. Just spraying that. Just spraying it. Gushing it. <laughs> also, while I'm just like gushing love oh, everywhere. Gushing. Chording love. Let me gush. Keep, keep chording love. love. Yes, yes, you can. Chording. <laughs> you said choding. Yeah. <laughs> you just ruined it. I think a chode would gush. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Forgetting about gushing chodes, because that's absolutely vile. <laughs> it sounds worse when you say it. <laughs> Huge shout out to Miranda, because she left us a Facebook review, and it was really, really nice. It was five stars, and we're really, really grateful for it. Yeah, I was having Which a bit of a best, shit yes. day, and then she swooped in with that awesome review and made me feel better. So thank you. No, it does. It honestly, because it's a shit ton of work podcasting. I don't think people realize how difficult it is to just tell stories, but a shit ton of work goes into it. And uh, when somebody says, hey, do you know what? I really enjoyed that. You're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to do it again next week. You know, it keeps us going. Yeah, absolutely. We do really appreciate it. No, seriously, we really do. And um, John, who uh, is a listener and is enjoying the podcast, bless him, he listens to it during a blinking night shift and it scares the shit out of him most of the time. But he thinks it's hilarious. And he said, we're original and no one's like us. And he really enjoys it. And he's so glad he found the podcast. And it's stuff like that. And you just think, oh, that's amazing. And uh, we're going to keep doing it. So... That's great. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, don't hesitate to tell your friends and maybe recommend us. Be like, hey, man, we know your podcast. You might want to listen to these people. And then rate, review and subscribe. Yes, rate, review and subscribe. I hate those kind of people, but we are those kind of people now. We're there. We're there now. Can't beat them, join them. No, exactly. Tash? Yeah? I think you've got a, a a game or something for us. Oh no, hang on, we haven't done Becky's song. Well, we need to do this week's song. Yeah, but yeah. Be- uh, Becky's song. What was your song, sweetie? I can't remember. What was it? It was I can show you the. Oh, was it that? I thought we'd already done that. I thought we said that last week. Shimmering splendor. Tell me, princess, something. Will you let your heart decide? It was Aladdin. A whole new world. A wondrous place for me and you. I don't know if I've got that right. <laughs> anyway. I mean, everyone knows. Do you remember when Jordan, well, Katie Price and... Peter Andre did it. Peter Andre did, did that yeah. song. And she was running around yeah. in like a princess dress. I do remember that. It was uh, something I'll never forget. Oh, Peter Andre. <laughs> anyway. I wouldn't mind being his mysterious girl. Oh, oh behave. He's so cringy. Mysterious oh, but back, back girl. in the 90s, he was, he was all right. He was... What, when we had zero taste in men? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm pretty uh, sure I had a Peter Andre poster. Yeah, me too, probably. Anyway, so I've got a massive list here. Whole new world. I wonder what Go you said it. then. I've got a massive list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so whole new world. Pippa. 
Second time in a row, Pippa. Go you. Get in. Go the Pipmeister. Ruth. Ruth bringing it in with the Disney. She's there for it. Go Ruth. Ruth telling the truth. Ruth is telling the truth. (laughs) Joey from Please Don't Follow Me Home. JT from Brew Crime. Nicole and Stacey. Well done, girls. That's, I hope, I hope that's everybody. I've got Fantavia as well. She got it right. Hey, Fantavia, haven't heard from you for ages. Sebastian also got it right. Well done, Sebastian. Uh, And I think that's it, my end. Yeah, I've got Randy who sent me an email and she also guessed it right. So well done, Randy. Go, Randy. It's your birthday. Randy's becoming a serious contestant here. Yeah, and I like Randy because she sends me emails. Everyone else uses social me- social media because emails are now, like, basically writing a letter. So I like that she's almost kind of, yeah, I like she's thinking of me. She knows that I'm I'm in the emails. No one likes talking to me. She's talking to you, Bex. You're you're her favourite. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, she's definitely mine. <laughs> <laughs> Randy's, Becky's. Yeah, and also Stacy and Nicole, watch your back because Randy, she's she's coming. She's coming yeah. for you. Not one wrong so far. Mm-hmm. Also, Rachel got it right as well. My friend, she texted me, so I knew she'd got it right, but I couldn't remember. Your friend's name. Where? So I just had to look through my messages. I couldn't remember my friend's name. I can't remember. She's actually my oldest friend. Can I remember her name? No, I can't. No, I'm joking. Love you, babe. And also my French husband also guessed it, which, uh, because we were, I was listening to the, uh, when I, whenever I was listening to the podcast, I had to listen to it and he was in the car when uh, it got to that point. He guessed it, which I was really proud of him because he doesn't really speak English. But did he say a whole new world or did he say, Oh, c'est la chanson de la No, he was like, (laughs) 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 Which is their version, well, the French version of the song. But they say, A blue dream. A blue dream. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's nice. It's bluish. Yeah, it's bluish. I'll allow yeah. that. Um, Emma, didn't you have um, Becky's nail technician? No. Yeah. Yeah. Has a little message from her. Big shout out to Becky's nail tech. She has message to say, please, can you tell Emma, I fart when scared too. <laughs> I don't want her to feel alone. It's a thing. It is yeah. a thing. <laughs> oh thank you i feel better about it now yeah thank you sue me out (laughs) yeah thank you also talking about farts and becky's husband he owes me one because i deleted a fart or fart audio last week (laughs) from your husband (sighs) he thought he was the most hilarious person in the whole of france Even, like, the next day was like, did you hear my fart? <laughs> Obviously not in that <laughs> accent, but he thought, he, <laughs> he thought, thought he'd done the funniest thing. Uh, so, yeah, we were recording and he sort of, like, uh, he came in and then he was like, hey, and then left the room. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, the audio did pick it up and I enjoyed hearing it when I did it. <laughs> Toot. 
Tash, you've got a game for us? Yes. Okay. I have got a game, so let's do the Tinder jingle because it's kind of Tinder related. Okay. Sit down, you boys and girls, and everyone in between. Story time. Tash has stories for you, both funny and obscene. Did she swipe right, swipe left, or find out he had a rash? We're about to find out. Because it's Tinder with Tash. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Pair of idiots. I went to the salon this week to have my hair done. Very posh. Yeah, I am posh AF. Um, anyway, so, uh, and I actually worked that day at the salon, so I helped my friend out sometimes, as well as getting my hair done. So when I was there, I was talking to one of, um, her clients about Tinder and dating and all the fun that it brings. And she was telling me about a date that she had with somebody and they played a game on their date. And I thought it'd be a fun game for us to play here together. Down for a game? Yeah. It is called There Are Ten But. Okay. So I'll do it. I'll use examples of things that I've seen on dating apps. So there are ten but they hold a fish in every single picture they take. Oh, no. God, no. (laughs) But I don't like fish. I just, it's such a shit picture. Nobody cares that you enjoy fishing. Fish are gross. And I think I saw a video once of a fish sucking someone off and it's traumatised me. Oh. Like, yeah, somebody was sticking their dick in a carp's mouth and now I'm just like, no, fish are gross. Yeah, that is gross. (laughs) Um, have you got a, there are 10 but? Yeah, I could probably think of a few. Did you think, did you find that video whilst searching for, researching things for the podcast? (laughs) No, (laughs) this was like years and years ago when like Rotten.com and stuff like that was a thing. Do you remember Rotten.com? Yeah, and to be fair, I don't know if I might have seen the same video. Was he stood in a river when it happened? Yeah, possibly. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Oh my god! So see, I'm not. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm perfect. sad. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Guess who showed me that video? Oh. Your ex-husband, Tash. <laughs> Why am I not? Surprised? I must have seen it then. Uh, you m- possibly. I'm sure it was him. Why the fuck did he show you that? Oh, I don't know. I, I think it must. It must have been him. It was either him or one of the other idiots that we all idiots that we used to frequent. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, I seem to remember that it was him. But then again, it it, yeah. it it yeah. Maybe you just forgot about it because you just because uh, why would you want to remember that? <laughs> well, it, it traumatized me, and also the time that one of my ex boyfriends was fishing and threw a dead fish at me. That was fun. Oh my god! Yeah, that's why he's an ex. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. Actually, I don't even think it was dead. I think it was still flopping and I kind of scooted it back in the water. Fish out of water. Gross. So you really did look like you'd been slapped with a dead fish. Yeah. (laughs) Gross. Anyway. Anyway, this game. Well, there's one. He's a 10, but he threw a dead fish at me. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Becky. 
he's a 10, but he only watches manga porn, like like anime <laughs> porn. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. <sighs> that also includes that if you want to do a bit of couple porn together, it only has to be anime porn. Weird. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Go on, back to you, Tash. He's a 10, but he texts his mum every night to say goodnight. I'm not sure if my husband doesn't do that. <laughs> I think there's a di- I think there's a difference in saying a night to your mum to just asking if your mum's all right to say night, mum. When when you're 33, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Listen, that's fine. You don't have to be put off by that. Oh, I would be. Mm. Mm. Um, Go on then, Emma. I mean, I don't look through his phone, so I don't know. I don't know. Possibly not. (laughs) (laughs) He's a 10, but he thinks he's invisible when he's driving a car and picks his nose (laughs) as if no one could see him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, my next one has something to do with picking noses. Go with it. Go with it. Go on. (laughs) Oh, mine was, he's a 10, but he picks his nose and eats it. grown ass men do that no yes they do i've seen men do it like on the bus and women not just men and women women yes i'm gonna be sick women are also disgusting that's gross okay i'm gonna bring it back from disgusting things he's a 10 but his favorite crisps are quavers Ooh. I don't know. That wouldn't bother me. I also like a good quaver. And it means, to me, it means that he's, he's soft and pillowy and I like him. <laughs> Did you want him to have the, is it, oh, what are they called? Man crisps. Way. That were them ones, the, the yeah. ridgy ones. McCoy's. 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 Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. Big manly crisp. Yeah. yeah. Like a, or, or like a Yorkie, not for girls. Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah. The, those chocolates. Yeah, yeah, I know what a Yorkie is. Oh, I fucking loved Yorkshire. Yorkie is lovely. Love Couldn't them. have them though, could you? Because you're a girl. I um, put on my best man voice when I went and got them from the shop. Did you not abide by the rules? I did not. Fucking hell, you rebel. Right, can you hear the sirens in the distance coming for me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hang on. He's a 10, but he chews with his mouth open. Gross. Big no. Yeah, big no from me too. Becky. Oh, he's a 10, but he can only poo at his mum's. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) What the fuck? Has that actually happened? I'm sure some people can only poo at their mum's house or something like that. Have a bit of a shy bowel. <laughs> He's a 10, but he orders his steak well done. <gasps> well, Emma's just going to be like, no I mean, steak. Emma's disgusted, full stop. Uh, anytime, yeah. Just like, but... how dare you eat that cow? Put it <laughs> back on the fucking cow. Yeah. That cow needs it. Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I'm not, but yes. No, uh, no, not liking the well done part. That's a little bit disgusting. No, you guys love a bit of blood, don't you? Well, it's just the way it's meant to be eaten, isn't it? Fucking mingers. <laughs> <laughs> Again, jokes. We know that you're joking. <laughs> 
I'm snorting a lot. There's going to be a lot of snorts that you're going to have to um, cut out there, Emma. I did a lot of snorting <laughs> earlier. The snorts always remain. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got somebody Facebook message me about snorting. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I bet it doesn't sound very nice in your headphones. It's fucking hilarious. And don't <laughs> apologize. <laughs> right. Oh. It's me to start. You ready? Yeah, go ready, mate. Ready to rumble. Ready to rumble. Are you ready for some ghosts? Because I've got some ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's why I'm here. I feel like I'm being very aggressive and I don't know why. <laughs> you ready for some ghosts? <laughs> it's like we're going to go for a workout with the load of ghosts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about a lady called Doris Biver. Love the name. Yeah. So on the 22nd of August, 1974... Barry Taff and Kerry Gaynor, two parapsychologists, were having a chat about their latest investigation in a bookshop in Culver City. Doris Biver was also in the shop and overheard their conversation. She approached them and said, My house is haunted and I'd really like you to come and have a look. That was polite. Yep. What was she supposed to say? <laughs> Oi, fuckers! <laughs> Oi, fuckers! <laughs> Come see my ghosts. <laughs> okay. The pair were, of course, dubious. The story Doris told them seemed too much to be actually true. All the same, they kind of took pity on her and agreed to go and see the house that very day. Doris Byther came from a middle-class family, but she didn't have a great upbringing. Both parents were alcoholics. At around 10 years old, the family moved to California, but a few years later, the young teenager had a serious break in the relationship with her parents, and in turn, they rejected her and threw her out. So eventually, they died, and they left everything to Doris's brother, leaving her with nothing. Okay. During the years before their deaths, Doris had been married a few times, but sadly, it seems each relationship ended up being abusive. She can't pick a man. No, bless her. Same, babe, same. <laughs> but it's often the case with people that have come up from really ropey upbringings, isn't it? They kind of, I don't know. Well, I think it's because they latch on to anyone that shows them any type of attention. Yeah, possibly. Like, any attention's good attention, regardless of whether it's bad or good. Psychology with Tash. Yeah, and the bad people tend to know how to... Hunt, hunt out for the the people that are a little bit more the easy targets. What's the word? The easy targets. They're yeah. vulnerable as well, aren't they? Yeah, both the words that I was looking for. Well done. We complete each other. We're such a good. We do. We, we we really do. So she'd ended up being married a couple of times. Each time was abusive relationships. So now she's in her thirties. She's had four children. She's got a daughter who's six and three sons who are 10, 13 and 16. She's a single mother without a penny to her name, self-medicating with alcohol from the years of abuse and her awful childhood, living in a house that was an utter shithole. I've read it had been condemned, but the house still stands to this day, so I don't know if that's true. Doris told Taff and Gaynor that when she first moved into the house, an old Hispanic lady had knocked on her door one evening. 
She'd no clue who this lady was, but she told Doris that the house was evil and that she should leave. The lady then turned around and left, never to be seen again. And that's when the hauntings begin. Oh. I mean, fuck that happening. That's creepy as shit, man. Can you imagine having a knock at your door late at night? And there's there's a little old lady going, your house is evil. Yeah, I wouldn't enjoy it. No. Doris had claimed that her family were being plagued by multiple entities and that she would get attacked and raped by these entities. She told them that two of the smaller spirits would hold her down while the bigger one raped her. God. They were extremely doubtful that this was even possible and thought that maybe she was suffering from sleep paralysis. However, they were definitely more intrigued when they saw bruises on her inner thighs and around her neck. Doris would be attacked almost daily, and so would her children, although she was by far getting the worst of it. They would all be hit and slapped about. Doris would walk into the entities around the house like she'd just be wandering about and she'd bump into a solid something that she couldn't see. The lights would constantly flicker and loud bangs and deep voices would be heard. Yeah, no, I don't like the idea of the deep voices. I mean, I don't like the idea of any of this, to be fair. No, I wouldn't like just mooching around your house and then just bumping into a a ghost that was stood there. An entity, even. Nah, not for it. As Barry Taff and Kerry Gaynor entered the property, which was 11547 Braddock, Culver City, they were met with a strange feeling of pressure in their ears combined with a freezing cold blast and a horrible smell of rotting. There was obvious tension between Doris and her sons. They had no doubt had enough of having a drunken mother and living in squalor. The investigator said the atmosphere was extremely negative within the family home. Her sons also confirmed her story, her eldest saying that he had seen his mother being assaulted in her room, and so he'd gone to help but he'd been thrown to the other side of the room by an invisible force. Oh. Neighbours and family members also corroborated her claims, as they too had seen the entities and had seen Doris being thrown around like a rag doll. How scary would that be, though, just like seeing someone being chucked around by, by nothing? I mean, horrendous. Absolutely Ooh. horrendous. The children told the investigators that they had all seen the spirits in a type of mist. They saw them so often that the children had nicknamed one of them Mr. Who's It. Where are these children finding these horrific nicknames? How scary does that sound, Mr. Who's It? They're always awful, aren't they? Yeah, kids are freaky. Mr. Who's It. But then again, I suppose whatever you call it, it's going to be scary, but... I don't know. Yeah. Not Colin. That's not scary. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, as, as Tasha would say. Oh yeah, Gary. Yeah, just uh... there are there are names out there that would be less horrific than Mister Who's It. Yeah, Alan, John. Yeah, yeah. See, all good. Frankie, everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Whilst they were there on that first visit, Taff and Gaynor would see orbs of light themselves and also witnessed the cupboards flying open and the pots and pans being thrown around. This was all proof enough to warrant going to get their equipment and a team of investigators to come to the house. When they returned, they set Doris up in her bedroom, as that's where most of the attacks happened. 
and Doris began swearing and insulting the entities to try and to get them to make themselves known. She was successful, and soon enough, the 30 people that were squeezed into that room saw orbs of light flying around, and eventually, a green type of mist started to materialise in a corner. It eventually turned into the torso of a faceless, very muscular male. At this sight, one of the investigators fainted. Which I feel like, if you're there to investigate ghosts and then you see a ghost and you faint, I think you need to change your job. Yeah. (laughs) And I bet it was a really dramatic faint, like, oh. I'm not taking the piss, because if I saw that, I would probably faint, but also, not a paranormal investigator. Yeah. We just talk about ghosts, we don't actually go and try and find them. We're not brave enough for that. No, we talk about stuff that terrifies us, we're not actually like trying to go and find it. Yeah. We'll let everyone else do that and then make fun of them for fainting. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't manage to capture this fog, but they did get a photo of beams of light around Doris that formed an arc shape. Now, these are fascinating because if they had been a reflection of some sort, they would have mimicked the shape of the room, meaning there wouldn't have been a perfect arc of light where there was a corner in the room. Okay. That sounded like I understand. To be clear, I don't, but after what I've read, it's impressive, so just be impressed. I'm so impressed. I am suitably impressed. Well done. The team spent the next two and a half months at the property seeing the lights and the entities regularly, and although they couldn't do anything to help, their presence must have been reassuring for Doris. They noted that the drunker Doris got, the worse the haunting became. And when she was sober, it was relatively quiet, as if the entities were feeding off her clouded thinking to attack. The entities also seemed to be enticed by the eldest son's music, as the activity intensified when he played Black Sabbath or Uriah Heep, especially when the songs mentioned devil worshipping. Doris would tell the investigators when the entities were in the room, and they would snap Polaroids, every single one coming out with white blurs across it. Once she even claimed that it was right in front of her face and the photo they took showed a strange orb of light right in front of Doris's face. When she told them that the entities had left, they took new Polaroids and all would come out normal. Usually with poltergeist activity, which this indeed was, it involves a teenage girl. But in this case, all the teenagers were boys and the activity seemed very much centred around Doris. For example, if she left the house, nothing would happen. The parapsychologist theorised that even though Doris wasn't a teenager, the heavy, unpleasant atmosphere in her household from the drinking, the trauma from the abuse and the anger from her children created the perfect storm of negative energy to create a poltergeist. Doris moved from her home to Carson and then to San Bernardino and then Texas and finally back to San Bernardino. The reason for all these moves is that wherever Doris went, the entities followed, and the assaults continued. There was no escaping it for her. There was a rumour at one point that Doris was claiming to be pregnant by the poltergeist, but doctors found that she was just having a false pregnancy. So a false pregnancy is where you believe that you're pregnant, so you have the symptoms of pregnancy, but you're not actually pregnant. Her children have said that she was attacked until the day she died in 1995 from pulmonary arrest. 
Doris's story and its sheer amount of witnesses make it one of the most interesting paranormal cases to have been investigated. It was the inspiration behind the 1982 The Entity and the book of the same name. Poor Doris. I know. What a... Shitty life. Yeah. Yeah. Bless her. Terrible. Terrible. So yeah, there you go. That was my story this week. A shorty, but uh, a good one, I thought. I think so too. Well done, Emma. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Well, I'm glad you did, Tasha. I am glad you did. (laughs) (laughs) Impeccable storytelling, as per usual. Oh, well, thank you, my dear lady. Well, (laughs) any time. April Fools. Is it possible to truly be scared to death? To death? To death? April Fools. Deadly amount of adrenaline. Of adrenaline. Of adrenaline. Of adrenaline. April Fools. Ghosts can kill. Can kill. Rogue can transmissions. Kill. April Fools. Stories about fear, hoaxes, insanity existential dread and death featuring a selection of the finest indie podcasts including october pod brew crime spine chillers and serial killers mission spooky freaky af and reverie true crime coming to the podcast you're listening to right now on thursday march 30th 2023 <laughs> Is it possible to be scared to death? Becky? What? Have you got anyone called Abraham on this week's episode? (laughs) Uh, No. Okay, that's good, because that's a name you struggle with, isn't it, darling? It is. I think I think saying a name over and over again is hard, and I end up changing it as we go along, because just to shake it up a bit, you know, <laughs> who wants the same name for a whole story? Nobody. <laughs> so, yeah, I do apologise for my uh, not being able to speak or pronounce a rather simple name. Hey, listen, don't apologise. It's one of our selling points. We can't talk. <laughs> Come listen to our podcast. Our podcast, can't we speak. can't talk. <laughs> Do you know what one of the hardest things to say is? February. February? Right. Go on, Becky, you say it. How I'd normally say just it. Just say it. Like, don't think about it. Just say it. I would normally say February. It is February. Think about it, girls. It's very hard to say. It's February. I always feel like I'm (laughs) saying it wrong, and it's the month that I was born. February. Nobody pronounces the R. It's February. Yeah, if not, be February, wouldn't it? Some people say February. February. I'd say. I'd say Feb. (laughs) I never know how to spell it. <laughs> when I'm when I'm writing it in emails, I'm like, yeah, I'll start your contract on the fifteenth of Feb. I'll never I'll never write it because I always have the little the little red line underneath saying, "Hey, you spelt this spelt this wrong for like the fiftieth time." Isn't it hard though? This month, out of all yeah. the months of the year, that's the hardest one. 
Yeah, and when it's days of the week, I always have to say Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Everybody does that. And anybody that says that they don't do that, lies. they're a damn liar. Lies. 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 Either that or they're like super, super smart. No. I, I, I'm going to go with a liar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wed. Nez day. That's yeah. how everybody spells it. And Feb. When I'm trying to spell biscuit, uh, bis- biscuits, biscuit. it's always biscuits. Biscuit. <laughs> biscuit. Biscuit. Yeah. Right. right. Let's move on to some murder. Or not. I don't know what your story's about. Right. Well, I'll kind of go through my little thought process. <laughs> what, what, what happened here? Um, it's still really interesting, but it's just slightly different to what I normally do, which I keep saying. So I don't really know what I normally do. Well, nothing, because each time's different. Every time it's is like, different. I'm not going to say that. And now there's something completely different. Yes. So this week I started off with the intentions of doing a murder involving something that really scares me like one of my phobias or something like that i then first had to go through things that i didn't like so i went for a small list of things that i hate which got me ready to list off the things that i was scared of many things scare me or make me feel uncomfortable from the normal what a lot of people are scared of heights i'm not a big fan of heights to the guy from Aerosmith's mouth that really scares me. Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler's mouth. I had a nightmare after watching the music video to I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Oh, I love that song. I like the song, but I really, really liked it when it like, when I was a, a bit younger and I used to watch the video a lot. I had this horrible nightmare. I can't really remember what the nightmare was about, but it really scared me. And ever since then, I've been a little bit funny when Steven Tyler comes on the telly. I'm a bit like, oh. How do you feel about Mick Jagger? Because I also feel like he's got quite the mouth. Yeah, he's got quite the mouth. It's same same category. <laughs> but I haven't had a I haven't had a dream about him. But I don't want to be mean because it's not their fault that they have big mouths. It, it is because I had this dream about Stephen Tyler that is um it just sh- shit me up for a long time. And to be fair, not everybody's put off by a big mouth. Like I don't look at them and think, oh my god, that's terrifying. It is really Steven Tyler's mouth that scares me. So ever since then, me and Steven Tyler's mouth can't be in the same room together. <laughs> I'm sure he's really upset about that. He'd what love- a load of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. I feel like I've missed part of this episode. Like, <laughs> Becky's scared of big mouths. <laughs> there, we're caught no, up. Of Steven Tyler's mouth. He's gonna... So have, have you found a murder? <laughs> There's a murder weapon with Stephen Tyler's mouth. The day I do, my life will be complete. <laughs> and I'd be like, I told you so. I told you so. I told you. I don't think you're going to like that horror film that's out at the minute, Smile. That's why I didn't like The Grudge, because she opens her mouth really wide. And The Mummy yeah. used to scare me as well. The Grudge is horrible. Yeah. But anyway, so one of the things that actually does terrify me is being stuck underwater somewhere or being stuck somewhere surrounded by water, like being in a submarine or diving or the combination of the two. I don't think they're unreasonable fears. Yeah, it's reasonable, isn't it? But it really makes... I Like, even talking about it now, is I'm sweating. It makes me panic. Like me and stairs. Yeah. (laughs) 
you know, the whole being confined to a small space or, you know, being underwater and the fact that you can't, we can't breathe underwater. So yeah, scary. So this is a little journey that I went on. So this also took me I'm to... I'm enjoying some, the journey. Yeah, sorry. So this took me on to things like oil rigs. Oh, fuck oil rigs. They're high and they're in the sea. Yeah. No. Oh, done. Fuck oil rigs. <laughs> How have we gone from this geezer's mouth <laughs> to submarines and now we're on an oil rig? I honestly... This is some, like, fever dream going on right now for me. Welcome to my brain. This feels wild. I don't know whether I'm extra tired this week or not. But oil rigs. Oil rigs are scary. Oil rigs are fucking terrifying. In the middle of nowhere, surrounded by the sea, rough sea. Yeah. The sharks and shit swimming about, no. Well, depending on where you are, yeah. So anyway, the massive waves crashing against them, being stuck out there for months. I thought, hey, maybe a murder or two. When you search murders on oil rigs, all you tend to find is some really awful videos of accidents. Oh, God. So this kind of um, steered me towards this story. So it's not like a juicy murder story that I was looking for, but it's definitely worth telling. It highlights lots of issues with safety on board of these type of rigs. Safety first. Safety first. So underneath oil rigs, as you can imagine, is a huge drill that goes all the way down to the ocean floor and drills down God knows how far to find all the lovely, lovely, yummy, yummy, yummy oil that we all love so much. So as you can imagine, the drills are huge, very long. You do know it's oil that we don't eat, don't you? I know, I know. I'm not stupid. Well, you said yummy, 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 oil. as in like yummy, as in it makes the people that get it a load of money. Okay, yeah, I wasn't going to eat crude oil. Okay, you don't have to be that worried about me yet. Okay, okay, I don't think you're stupid. By the way, I'm just concerned. That was all. <laughs> <laughs> concerned for my safety yeah. around oil. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going on a rig, so it's fine. Okay. So these drills are maintained by divers that go down there and fix it all and stuff. Fuck that job. Back to my fear of diving and being surrounded by water. So scuba diving was first invented in the 1940s. And since it was invented, they learned about a lot of things to do with safety. So diving in places that's not too deep isn't an issue. So if you're diving less than 10 metres, there's no problem. You can dive down, come back up as many times as you want. Whereas over the depth of 10 metres, the weight of the water around you applies pressure to every cell in your body, which compresses molecules of nitrogen that are taken in by the lungs, which causes nitrogen gas to dissolve in the bloodstream. Yeah. So the further down you go, the more nitrogen your body takes on. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you go a bit loopy as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it can do, yeah. Like, you get really disorientated and... Yeah. Don't know which way's up and stuff, and that's why you drown. Yeah, which which why I ain't going down there, babes. Part of the reason. (laughs) That and the big fish. I don't think I could... I can't be doing with fish, to be fair. No. In or out the water. (laughs) I think we can agree. Yeah. None of us like fish. No. So the absorption of the gas itself isn't the issue. It's if the diver tries to ascend to the surface too quickly, the gases that were contained under the pressure instantly form bubbles and expand. They get the bends, don't they? 
Yeah. Think of like shaking a bottle of uh, soda and then opening the cap. That's what, uh, that's what would kind of happen, but in your bloodstream. This is called compression sickness or the bends, which is what you just yeah. said, Tash. Well done. So compression sickness is a painful and potentially fatal condition that can cause excruciating joint and muscle pain, delirium, paralysis, heart attack and stroke. All not fun. All not fun. None of that is fun. So it starts at joint, excruciating joint and muscle pain. So that sounds horrific as it is. And then it goes all the way up to death. So it doesn't sound something that you want to, that you'd want to do on purpose anyway. Mm Mm-mm. If caught quickly enough, the bends can be treated by placing the individual back under pressure in a special tank called a hyperbaric chamber. And then they will slowly increase the pressure over a matter of hours or days. The only thing is with these rigs is the drills are like really far down under the sea. So that's what these professional deep sea divers they will descend to depths of 500 feet or which is 152 meters and as great as 1000 feet which is 304 meters so that's what they'll be going down to those depths to service the equipment on these offshore oil rigs most commercial divers would just do a few hours of underwater work and then return to the surface. But when you oh, just just a few hours, just a few cash. hours. That's just all. Just a few hours under under that amount of sea. Yeah, it's a lot of sea on top of you if you think about it. That's a shitload of sea. Yeah. So working at depths of the of over five hundred feet, the divers would have to spend more time decompressing than actually working. So which is not economical for an oil company and you know that oil companies are just so poor and can't afford anything oh yeah 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 boo hoo mm-hmm. boo fucking hoo also who's having a job where you need to decompress afterwards <laughs> fucking hell man yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so it's not economical for the oil company to pay the saturation divers for a few hours of work and several days of rest And also, interestingly, once you reach a certain saturation level, so once you have a certain amount of nitrogen in your body, you can't absorb anymore, uh, no matter how long you stay underwater. So instead of decompressing after each dive, the saturation divers just go into a special chamber that keeps the pressure high as if they're still underwater. Mm. That's what a saturation diver is. Hey, Every single thing of this. It's it's very it. it's very uncomfortable. I did sweat a lot when I was typing this out. I don't know if it's kind of affecting everyone the same way, but it really it was very uh, twitchy for me to um, type all yeah. this out. I don't chamber. Ooh. And the word chamber is horrible. I don't like it. No, mm-hmm. hate it. Hate it. Yeah, saturation divers do their job. Yeah, like what I've said. So they do their job and then go into a special underwater or partially underwater chamber oh partially oh fuck it's underwater as well jesus christ it depends i hate it yeah well the the part where they when they go down to dive there's like a diving bell that gets lowered down to the deck and they go back in this bell and then it gets pulled up and then attaches to the chamber where they get out Mm. and then they go into their little living area so i think the living area is more above ground but the bit where the diving bell connects to the chamber that's underwater because it needs to be for the pressure and stuff 
in these little chambers where they stay, that's where they eat and sleep between shifts. And the chamber is not much bigger than a VW camper van. So, you know, like those old yeah, 60s yeah. camper vans. That's about how big it is. Oh, I'm so claustrophobic. Yeah. And there's usually about four guys in there. That's no. a lot of people. Yeah. So the good thing about it is pay is great. Well, it fucking better be, man. I was going to say, yeah, the pay is going to be mad, isn't it? Between $30,000 and $45,000 a month. But it's intense. Deserved. And yeah, it is intense. And they work in like another worldly and very claustrophobic environment. And also very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, A normal shift is around 28 days. And the only downside, really, to this is after their 28 days of working is done, it takes about two weeks for them to decompress to be Jesus able to leave the Christ. chamber. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're good for about, yeah, a good six weeks of being in a tiny room. It must reek in there as well, mm-hmm. full of farts. So, our story takes place in the Frigg gas field in the Norwegian sector of the North Sea, aboard the Bifid Dolphin. So have you heard of this? No. no. You haven't heard of the Bifid Dolphin incident? No. Okay. Does it involve a dolphin? No. The Bifid Dolphin is just the name of the rig. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing to do with dolphins, and dolphins are dicks. Oh, okay. Dolphins are, are they? Yeah, they are. We hate dolphins. Oh, do I, I haven't got anything against dolphins. Apparently, well, I'll tell you after the podcast, but apparently dolphins can, uh, can be, can be dicks. I suppose it depends on the dolphin. Yeah, I think dolphins are like people. Some are dicks, some are not. I mean, I've never met a dolphin. <laughs> Yeah, go on TikTok, type in dolphins are the worst, and you'll find out all the reasons. I will do that. This is too much tonight, <laughs> girls. I don't understand what's going on, honestly. I feel delirious. We're talking about a diving rig. Right, we're getting to the story now. I just had to explain all that. Sorry, what the fuck has all this been? <laughs> I had to explain. This is the intro. Before we can go on. Okay, so you had to listen. I hope you took notes. <laughs> um, I'm with Good. you, Bex. Terrifying shit. Claustrophobic yeah. as fuck. Sucks, but very well paid. Now we're in Norway, and it's a rig with a dolphin name, but dolphins are dicks. Yeah. See? Emma, team point for your yep. team. Yeah. Absolutely. On the 5th of November, 1983, at 4am, this happened. Whoa, fuck. Where these divers were staying, there was two chambers, so two separate chambers that were under pressure. Do, 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 do. Under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's this pressurized, it looks like a giant tic-tac. And there's two, like, bedrooms in there, two guys in each bedroom. But at the minute, the doors are open, so it's, like, one big bedroom Yeah, for these guys. Two guys are down on the drill, just finishing their day at work, down in the middle of the sea, and they're coming back up in the diving bell. So the diving bell is like a little a little metal circle that they get in, like a little craft, and they get in there and they get pulled back up to their living quarters. Like a lift? Yeah, like a lift, but in the sea, which is also terrifying. That's the worst lift in the world. Yeah. 
And anyway, this diving bell gets pulled up by a massive crane back up to the living quarters. Yep. And then once they get there, once the diving bell is like at the little door underwater, what happens is two guys called tenders, they get in the water and they help the diving bell like attach onto the main living quarters because it Mm -hmm. all has to be done. So they're all under pressure. Do, 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 do. Pressure. Pushing down on me. Pushing down on you. Open the door. (laughs) Well, the tenders are not chicken tenders. We're not KFC here. It's uh, the tenders have a really important job. They're tending. They're tending to the diving bell and making sure that the air supply is all good and all the pressure's good while they're getting this diving bell attached to the main living quarters. The little lift goes up to the living quarters and attaches on. So what normally happened is they would close the door, the bell door, attach them to each other, open the bell door so that they can get out into this little tunnel. Then they would shut the little lift to the door, leaving them shut in the tunnel, and then they can go into the chamber and go back to bed. That makes sense. I understand. So many terrifying things. A lift in the sea that goes to a yeah. tunnel that then puts you in a chamber. Yeah. Fuck all of it. Yeah, so they leave all their little wet gear in the diving bell and then they can just walk through their little tunnel. They always have to pressurise the next room before they can go through. Oh yeah, it's like astronauts, isn't it? Yeah, a bit like that. Imagine they are. <laughs> why not just chuck some astronauts saying in. that like i know all i know so much about astronauts <laughs> yeah we all know you do <laughs> great yeah so in the rig there were four divers so two british divers edwin arthur coward and roy p lucas and two norwegian divers Bjorn Bergeson and Truls Helovic. So it was Bergeson and Helovic that were coming back up in the diving bell. And they had the two tenders that were outside in the water helping the diving bell get stuck back to the rig. So the two tenders were called Crammond. So that was just his last name. I haven't got his first name for some reason. So it were called Crammond and Saunders. Bjorn and Helovic went through the tunnel into their chamber And for some reason, Crammond unhooked the diving bell before Helovic could shut the door, which was not good. No. Because this was a massive catastrophic error. And the next next thing is a horror story that's told to, I'm sure, all divers. What happened was the chamber explosively decompressed from a pressure of nine, which is nine times the pressure of like where we are now Mm. upon the surface to the one of just like the normal atmosphere. So air rushed out of the chamber system with tremendous force, jamming the hallway door open and pushing the bell away, the diving bell, at great speed. So the diving bell just gets shot off like a cannonball. The diving bell hit the two tenders, killing Crammond and severely injuring Saunders. So they're just floating in the sea. Yeah. The four divers inside the chamber suffered a very gruesome fate. So what I'm about to say now is really horrible and is not for the squeamish. So if you don't like things like this, just skip it forward a minute or two. I mean, nobody likes it, but it's morbid curiosity, isn't it? Yeah, I need to know now. 
Yeah, and to be fair, if you've sat through up until now, you kind of, yeah, you might as well get through this bit. The nitrogen inside the divers would have rapidly expanded, boiling their blood instantly and stopping their circulation. So later in autopsy, they would find large amounts of fat in the arteries and veins and in the cardiac chambers, as well as inside the organs and especially the liver. The fat likely came from their blood like boiling and all the fat just instantly solidified, like being flash fried. Jesus. The fourth driver, Helovic, bless him, suffered the most gruesome of the fates, uh, well, the most gruesome end, because he was stood right next to the door, which wasn't quite shut. He actually got sucked out of the door. Uh, which was only partially opened in like a crescent shape. So he got sucked through this tiny little gap oh, no. instantly and just... just. So he just basically exploded. Yeah, he got sucked out of the door. At, yeah, he got um, ground, like a meat grinder oh. almost. Re- yeah, the other three divers in the chambers would have died instantly where they stood. Helovic, bless him, being exposed to the highest pressure as he was right next to the door, was forced through the crescent-shaped opening by uh, that was created by the jammed inter- interior trunk door. With the escaping air and pressure ripped him apart, followed by the expulsion of all of his internal organs in his chest and abdomen, and his spinal column was found about 10 metres away. Bloody hell. Yeah. So the committee investigating the incident afterwards concluded that it was caused by human error on the part of the dive tender that opened the clamp. So, Crammond's fault. Was he the one that died or the one that survived? Yeah, he died. Yeah, he died with the bell that shot through at him. So they're basically saying that it was Crammond's fault for mm. disconnecting too early. Well, it was his mistake. He was he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. At the time, the only communication that they had for the people inside the chamber to the outside was a bullhorn attached to the wall surface, but with heavy noise from the rig at sea, it was hard to listen to what was going on. Yeah. And also fatigue from the many hard hours of work that they all did. And it also took its toll among the divers and the the whole crew, basically, who often worked 16-hour shifts. That's mega. Yeah. They also found a fault, like an engineering failure, that the dolphin diving system was not equipped with fail-safe hatches, outdoor pressure gauges, and an interlocking mechanism that would have prevented the trunk from being opened while the system was still under pressure. Mm. These were recommended by the Diving Safety Commission called Cormex. But this part, so the fact that they it wasn't safe, that was left out of the report. Of course it was. Of course it was. And because it was, the Norwegian government would have to wouldn't have to pay any compensation to the divers' families. And Crammond would be blamed for the whole thing. That is horrendous. Shame on them. Awful, isn't it? Absolutely. Just outrageous. Shame on them. Yeah. So it was well known among a lot of the, the, especially the older divers on these rigs, that they weren't actually that safe. 
Fucking hell. So among others, the former crew m- members of, of the Bifur Dolphin and the NOPEF, so the Norwegian Oil and Petrol Chemical U- Union, so the union that they work for and the divers' families, came forward and claimed that the investigation was a cover-up and that they claimed that the commission investigating the, the accident did not mention in their report the irresponsible safety rules that were just um, requested by Cormex that they just didn't... Um, yeah, so, so that the... Oh, hold on, what am I trying to say here? So they're saying, yeah, they're, they're saying that they didn't... The part about the rig not being very safe in the report, so it was just a massive cover-up, that the fact that the Norwegian Petroleum Directorate actually played a vital role in the accident's occurrence because it was due to a lack of proper equipment, including clamping mechanisms and interlocking mechanisms. So yeah, it was supposed to be equipped with safety things that that human error wouldn't matter, because it would be the actual kit itself wouldn't let human error error happen. It'd stop it from happening. It'd just have safety features on there. The relatives of those killed in the instance, along with the union that were trying to go against the Norwegian government, would form the North Sea Divers Alliance and for years tried to get answers and continued to press for further investigation to happen. And finally, in February 2008, so this happened in the 80s, in February 2008, they obtained the report that indicated that the real cause was faulty equipment. Claire Lucas, who was the daughter of Roy Lucas, said that I would go so far as to say that the Norwegian government murdered my father. They knew that the diving equipment was unsafe and they sent him in there anyway. The families of the divers eventually received compensation for the damages from the Norwegian government 26 years after the incident. But the the amount that they got was, was not disclosed, which is fair enough. The Bifurt Dolphin catastrophe was a real wake-up call for the commercial diving industry, which thankfully responded with tighter safety measures to ensure that no one else would meet such a terrible fate. The fact that they did that within the following year of the incident, they didn't wait for 2008 to happen before they actually put in safety measures. They did that pretty much straight away. But yeah, that is the Bifurt Dolphin incident horrendous and 26 years okay they got compensation but you shouldn't have to fight for 26 fucking years just because the company didn't put in fail safes it's yeah ridiculous all those divers were either at late 20s or in the 30s and a lot of them had families that's awful yeah absolutely awful i don't recommend googling this one there's some horrific pictures even morbid curiosity it is pretty bad Especially Reddit, you can see things that you don't really want to see. No, you don't want to see. Emma, don't do it. Okay. Yep, so yeah, that's uh, that's my story this week. I'll be back to murder next week. Sorry to Tasha for flooding your little brain with a load of diving shite. <laughs> I had to bulk it out somewhere. <laughs> if I just said, well, this happened, the door wasn't shut, it was a big accident, it would it would lasted like two seconds, so... There was one more accident that happened on the Bifurt Dolphin where a 40-something-year-old man 
died after a uh, an accident with one of some of the machinery and after that the Byford Dolphin was closed down because it lost its contract with the oil company. Too fucking right as well, Jesus. There was another accident before this accident, but I think someone died then as well, but it, it is a really really dangerous job. People do die. I do die on all rigs uh, in horrific ways. I mean, I think any job that involves being on the sea all the time is pretty dangerous. You know? Yeah, or heavy machinery. Yeah. yeah, any like fishing boats or stuff like that. Four. Anyway, back to normal murder next week. Never fear. There's still a lot of murder out there. I think people should fear that there's still a lot of murder out there, to be fair. <laughs> but why am I more scared of an oil rig that I'm never going to go on? Why? Oh, the whole thing was just awful. I think it's if you're claustrophobic or you've got fear of the sea or it's just the whole thing was awful. I hated it. I'm not going to lie. I hated that story. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Not like. I know how I know how you hated it. I just hated everything about it. Tunnels, (laughs) chain, none of it. None of it was nice. The fact that I couldn't say nitrogen correctly. No, that was fine. I didn't mind that. That was the only (laughs) bit I didn't hate. That was funny. I'm leaving that in. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants a horror song? I want a horror song. Me. Right. This one. Fuck all that Disney shit. That's done. Because, yeah, too easy. This one. This one's going to get you. But it's a very creepy song to begin with, so I didn't really have to do much, to be fair. So so it's not a Disney song, or it is one? Oh, it's absolutely not a Disney song. What have you got against Disney songs, Emma? It's dead easy. Tash basically sang Let It Go. <laughs> it was a very easy one. <laughs> Piss off, it was really hard. Did you do it five minutes before we recorded? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you're like shit yeah it's me doing the song whoops <laughs> right so no none of that disney shit nothing against disney but come on we can overdo disney it can be overdone here we go there you are in this room full of people you can't see me as i stand in the shadows i know you didn't want me to follow you but i had to I can't stay away. Nothing can stop me loving you. There are so many men around you, where I should be. I won't let them stand between us for long. Even if it takes a lifetime, I'll make sure you never leave my side again. Boom. Guess that, motherfuckers. No idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to listen to it again when, when you've edited the podcast and maybe i'll get it then okay all right then should we wrap it up yeah yeah he's a 10 but can't say nitrogen (laughs) (laughs) he's a 10 but he doesn't follow us on facebook instagram tiktok twitter youtube he doesn't follow us anywhere and we're so easy to follow we are either at S-C-S-K underscore podcast or simply Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. Follow us. We're fun. We're funny. We're, we're pretty. We're easy. And we're... <laughs> we're pretty. <laughs> I don't... I mean... 
pretty cool, pretty, pretty fly cool. for, we're, for we're a white easy. women. I'm single. Yeah. <laughs> Dash. <laughs> uh, that was a plug and a half, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the transition was smooth. <laughs> did you see what I did there? Yeah, it was good. It was good. But also, we're very interactive. So if you do talk to us on social media, we do talk back. We do talk back. We're not... Yeah. We are not a snobby podcast. If you talk to us, we'll talk back. We'll have a chat. Yeah. Yeah. No bots. No bots here. Uh, nope. It's just either me, Bex, or Tash. Yeah. And also, if you want, you can... Uh, no pressure, but I'll feel lonely if no one sends me emails. Oh, for God's sake. So... Just pe- people send Becky emails. She needs them. Yeah. Please, if you want to send in any story suggestions... Or if you have your own ghost story or your own um, hometown murder, I'll just just reach out and say hi. Our email address is chillers, so with an S, dot killers, also plural, dot pod at gmail.com. So chillers, dot killers, dot pod at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Because I had a few people not put S's on the end of chillers and killers, that's why. Oh. Oh, no. I won't get those. No. That doesn't exist. They won't come. You'll get a notification saying it's not an email address. Yeah, from Mailer Demon. Either that or it'll go to a real killer and you'll be in trouble then. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we laughing at that? That's not funny. Anyway, guys, stay safe. Don't kill people. And keep it weird. Bye. Bye. Which causes nitrogen. Nitrogen. Oh, my God. Nitrogen. Nitrogen. Oh, say it again. Nitrogen. Nitrogen. There we are. Which causes nitrogen... Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> which causes <laughs> nitrogen... Jun! My... Not gun! Jun! Jun. Which causes nitrogen... Gun? Jun? No! What Jen! is it? <laughs> nitrogen. <laughs> nitrogen. <laughs> and they would snap Polaroid. Polaroid. Polaroids. Yeah. And they would snap polar po fuck. And they would snap Polaroids. Oh, you guys are mean. Uh, what do you mean, you guys? I haven't said fuck all. I'm with you. You're laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing at Tash. <laughs> I'm laughing at Tash. <laughs>